Eagles Entertainment. I'm safety Malcolm Jenkins of the Philadelphia Eagles. Rush back at the 30, at the 40, at the 50. Malcolm Jenkins is going 99 yards for a touchdown. And you're listening to the Eagles Insider Podcast with Dave Spadaro. Hi, Eagles everywhere, and welcome to the Eagles Insider Podcast Tailgate Edition, presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro with you Sunday, 1 o'clock, Eagles against the Washington Redskins at FedEx Field. We've got a great show for you today. We're going to go behind enemy lines and find out exactly what is going on with this Washington Redskins team. A 3-10 and team, but they've won two of their last three games. They believe in their young quarterback, Dwayne Haskins, and the defense always tough to deal with down in Landover, Maryland. For the Eagles, well, we are trying to figure out exactly who is playing where and lining up where and How the Eagles are going to score points with a wide receiver core that this week added Robert Davis, promoted from the practice squad to the 53-man roster. Alshon Jeffrey goes on injured reserve. And so the Eagles will have the likes of Nelson Aguilar, perhaps. They're going to have J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, the rookie. We heard from him earlier in the week. They're going to have Greg Ward, who's been active for, what, four weeks here on the active roster? And now Robert Davis. That is one of the topics of conversation as we begin our podcast here. A roundtable conversation with the Eagles Radio Network. What an honor to be with Merrill Reese and Mike Quick talking about the Philadelphia Eagles. I am honored to be with the voices of the Philadelphia Eagles, the great Merrill Reese and the great Mike Quick, both members of the Philadelphia Eagles Hall of Fame as we continue our Eagles Insider podcast, our tailgate edition. Eagles getting ready for the Washington Redskins. On Sunday. And Merrill, let's start with you. I know that this is the worst trip of the year for you. Oh, no. No, not at all. It's it's a trip that I am really looking forward to because of what it means. It's the worst brought you. You've made a career of complaining about the broadcast booth there. Well, that's the there. broadcast booth. Well, you said the trip. Well, we we travel in a comfortable train. We have, we're fed well. It's a, it's a nice trip. It's the broadcast booth that's awful, and the stadium's a dump. Dave, but, did well, you have to bring that up? Well, we, I was going to get that positive reinforcement later. In the, the... Well, it's a dump. Okay. Okay, it's a dump. But the trip, there's nothing wrong no, with the I, trip. No, I actually enjoy good the trip food, back Good food, good company, yeah. and, and a very, very big, big game. Yeah, what has happened, before we talk about the Eagles, what has happened, in your opinion, guys, to the Washington Redskins? A, a team that won, we, everybody's talking about the, the NFC East and how terrible how down it is now the I, redskins I, are a prime reason yeah well they are they're they're a team that hasn't won in several decades i mean done anything other than a, a quick playoff entrance and exit here and there but uh, they are not uh, not a team that has done well under the presence a hierarchy <laughs> that's about as diplomatic <laughs> as i can be but redskins a- fans would punctuate that with a lot more colorful language. Uh, and that's a real nice way to put it. And I do believe that that is the crux of the problem, that it really begins with the owner who hasn't, in my mind, done a really done a good enough job of laying a foundation for a really good franchise, for a really good football team. And each year, they seem to continue to do the same things. You know, at one time, he started to try and just buy – uh, a championship with the free agency market, and we saw that and how big of a bust that was. Um, and then over the past few years, I just think their draft has been terrible. They haven't done a good job in the draft. They haven't done a good enough job of maintaining 
uh, a good coaching staff. And really it begins with all that. If you can't have a solid coaching staff, good teachers, guys that understand the NFL, um, and then surrounding yourself with some players and, and, and putting together the type of chemistry that you need, the type of culture that you need to build a franchise, to build a winning organization, it's never going to happen. And, and in my mind, it's not going to happen in Washington because it really begins at the top. It does begin at the top, and this is – this is an organization here that has an owner who has so much passion for this football team and that every coach says whatever he needs. The one answer from Jeffrey Lurie is always yes. Yeah. Whatever it is, you have it. And also, Jeffrey, and, and history shows this, Jeffrey has stayed with coaches through some down times. Andy Reid's reign wavered in the last several years, but he gave him every opportunity and finally, after 14 years, it was time for Andy to move on. The next coach uh, got off to a great start, but showed clearly that he was not the coach to take this team to a Super Bowl. And then came the move to Doug Peterson, which turned out to be a great move. But he gave that coach an opportunity. He did. You know, Chip Kelly, when he came out of college, he was a guy that was highly sought after through a lot of NFL franchise. Um, Tampa Bay wanted to sign him the year before. The Eagles actually signed him. But, you know, Jeffrey Lurie is a guy that kind of looks into the future. He's, he tries to be ahead of the curve, and that was the move for Chip Kelly. And once he realized, after giving him an opportunity to succeed, once he realized that it wasn't going to happen, then he makes the move. And, you know, that's what good owners do in my mind. You referenced, Mike, getting back to the Redskins really quickly, the draft and on Sunday, we will see their quarterback of the present and their quarterback of the future, Dwayne Haskins, who did not play in week number one against the Eagles. What can Eagles fans expect from this young man who has, I think this is his seventh start of the season, yep. been sacked 26 times, has led the Redskins to pretty, I mean, I would call respectability here the last three games, two wins in the last three games. What kind of quarterback is he, guys? I think he's talented. I think he throws a nice ball. I, the, his biggest thing is he's green. He's really young doesn't understand the NFL yet, and I don't know if he's got the right coaching, teaching down there to really reach his potential. Athletic, he can throw the ball, he can run with the ball, so the Eagles are going to see some of that. You know, they have their whole package of, uh, of the RPO, uh, the run-pass option type of offense, but um, I, I really don't think he's got enough of the talent around him um, Geis is not going to be there. His best, the guy who's proven to be his best running back throughout the season, he's not playing. Uh, the two tight, tight ends, ends are out. they're yeah. out. So it's McLaren, the wide receiver, McLaren, and Adrian yeah. Peterson. Terry McLaren. Terry McLaren. Now he gave us a lot of fits, a lot of problems. He gave the Eagles in that first matchup, and I think he's still the biggest threat. Um, Adrian Peterson is not what he used to be, but he's you know he's a strong guy, and, and you're going to have to get hats to him to get him on the ground, but. The kid is going to suffer early in his career because he doesn't have the supporting cast. Watch out for 34. <laughs> oh, that's right. That would be we Wendell got, Smallwood. We gotta, yeah. Wendell will Smallwood always again. be an Eagle to me. Yeah, yeah. well, he'll, he'll be very much against the Eagles this week, and he does have some pop. I yeah. just can still remember last year where he did a great job in the Jacksonville game in London where he scored the game-winning touchdown. But – that aside, I think one of the things, and I think that Dwayne Haskins is a talented quarterback, as Mike said. He's got the size. He's got the arm strength. He's got the athleticism. I think the Redskins' system 
from what I can see, is a very complicated system where the quarterback makes all the calls, sets the formation, sets the protection, has to do an awful lot of things, and I think any rookie quarterback would really struggle in that system. Guys, the Eagles are 6-7, and seven, tied for first place in the NFC East, exactly where we all thought the Eagles would be with three games to go in the re- regular season here, tied for first. Um, right, let's talk about some of the hot topics here with the Philadelphia Eagles. Wide receiver position, rated by Pro Football Focus as the best position group in the NFL back in the preseason. Now, the Eagles have J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. The Eagles have Greg Ward. The Eagles may or may not have Nelson Aguilar for this game. And the Eagles have Robert Davis and Joshua Perkins, who's a hybrid tight end wide receiver. Mike, you for how how did this you know how did this happen? And I mean, how are these guys going to perform? We saw them step up a bit on Monday night against the Giants. How did it happen? Attrition, you know, in the NFL, especially when you get to this part in the season, you got to look around the locker room and find out where the healthy bodies and. Um, how many of those healthy bodies were you counting on at the start? And how many of those healthy bodies can you count on uh, to finish out the season? And when you look around, you know, these are guys, you know, you mentioned Davis wasn't even on the roster. Uh, some of these other guys, practice squad guys, and then a, fir- then a, a guy in his first year. Um, it takes a lot. That's why you have to have good teachers along the way, and you have to have good coaches that can get these guys up to speed so that when they line up, <laughs> They understand and they know what they're doing, and they can run your offense. You can you can plug guys in, and they can get it done because they've been taught the right way. You've coached them up the right way, and they're smart enough guys that they can get it. So I mean, Sunday, what do you expect? How do you expect I mean, I, Carson I, I, to function with I, a group of guys he doesn't really know? Well, he will uh, because he knows them, and he's seen them for a while, and he knows what Greg Ward can do. He has a feel for him. And he's getting a feel every day for J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, who has made some impressive catches lately. But getting back to your original question, what has happened with this great group of wide receivers that everybody anticipated? I can answer that question in two words. Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson is such a weapon that when they evaluated this wide receiver group, they thought about Deshaun Jackson stretching the field and making every other wide receiver an easier-to-find target. Yeah, but when you have Deshaun and you have a healthy Alshon Jeffrey sure. and what he brings when he's healthy and playing at his best, when you have Nelson Aguilar when he's playing at his best, when you look at those three, that's a pretty talented trio. And when pro football focus or anyone that looked at this group preseason, that's a pretty talented trio. And it's hard for anyone to defend that trio. And then you throw Zach Ertz into that mix, that's high-powered receivers. Yeah, and, and Dallas Goddard. And Dallas Goddard. So when you when you look at that, that's when you start to say, wow, th- these guys could be really good. But then as the season goes along and you know you're going to lose people, and as I said, when you get into the fourth quarter of the season and you've got guys that that are not household names, then it's how well – that we get these guys ready to play. And that is so important in this league. What do you know, Mike, about Robert Davis, 6'3", 210, drafted by the Redskins, 2006, uh, 2017, six-round draft pick, uh, played with the Redskins this season. Yep. Wh- what can we expect from him on Sunday? So he was on and off of their roster. Um, and I remember the first time I saw him out practicing with the Eagles, and I'm like, who is this kid? Because he just looked good. He looked the part. 
And as I watched him, I, I like his route running. I like the way he catches the ball. And so the, the defensive guys, that's where I get my clue from. When I talk to, or talk to the defensive guys that he's running scout teams against and they're talking about how well he does certain things, that's when I feel like, okay, he can play. If they feel like he can play, then my eyes are not fooling me that the kid can play. An unbelievable story about Robert Davis, who was a sixth-round draft choice coming out of Georgia State. And he was a, a talented athlete. Did a lot of blocking at Georgia State also. But the thing was, in his first training camp with the Redskins, he suffered a devastating injury where he both broke his leg and tore his ACL. And for a time, he was in a wheelchair just to get around and then crutches and then did the rehab. And there were a lot of people who wondered and even doubted that he would ever play football again. So he's one of these dramatic stories and a great comeback story. But when the Eagles found him on the, uh, and had the opportunity to grab him, they did. And they added him to the practice squad. They did the same thing last year when they plucked a guy by the name of Boston Scott off the Saints practice squad. That was a great move. Great move to see Boston Scott. And, of course, they took an undrafted free agent who was a terrific little quarterback. You and I will remember when he beat our alma mater, Temple University, in a playoff game, Greg Ward. He was a terrific little quarterback. But aside from, you know, uh, guys like Russell Wilson and uh, one or two others, there's, there's no room, you know, Drew Brees, there's no room for five, ten and a half quarterbacks in the NFL. So he had to learn. He had played some wide receiver as a freshman at Houston and played some wide receiver in high school before he became the varsity quarterback. But basically, to relearn that position at this level is tough. But I love that kid. I think he's going to be a very good slot receiver. And as much, and I must make this disclaimer, Merrill throws out his opinions of players often. When it doesn't work out, we are there to remind you it didn't work out. Uh, I will tell you that I, you were the first one to have uh, Ward on your uh, Greg Ward on your list of could be a good player in the NFL. So I give you props, Merrill. Well, thank you, but I, I think Mike would stand along with me at practice and also. Uh, I just it, never it heard it from Mike. Yeah, he's, Greg Ward. He, he's been singing the Greg the Ward story for a yeah. long time now. The yes. other hot. Let's talk about the other hot topic this week is is Carson Wentz and what he did on Monday night for the first time in his career, comeback victory in the fourth quarter, overtime, carried the, I like the quote from Doug, he put the team on his shoulders and carried this football team. It's really kind of the first time he's done that late in a game in his career. Well, Doug must have listened to Merrill because that's what Merrill said at the end of the broadcast, that yeah. Carson put the team on his shoulders and he carried him to victory. So, we all listen to Merrill, of well, course. I, <laughs> what, does, what does it mean? What does it mean for, for, it, it, for it Carson Wentz? That, it means that a quarterback just took charge. You could feel it in his body language. You could see it when he dropped back into the shotgun or went up under center. That he was in charge and he was not going to be denied. And he spread the football around. That he started to move out of the pocket and duck under one guy and straighten up and fire it downfield. And if it connected, great. And if it didn't, he was back in the huddle, getting them together and making it work on the next play. He led this team the way we've seen quarterbacks like Elway do it in the past. We've seen we've seen it with Aaron Rodgers a million different times. Uh, we've even seen it now with, with the young quarterback in Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes, where they just have that certain something that tells the defense 
that they're in deep trouble. Yeah, I thought that once the game went into overtime, I felt like the Eagles were going to pull the game out because of Carson Wentz and the way he had played in the second part of the fourth quarter. He was just in complete control the way I saw it. And it's the Carson that we want to see. Um, the ball distribution, it wasn't that he's going to his first guy all the time. The ball spread around to a lot of different – I think about the one pass that he threw to Greg Ward. The ball was thrown. Greg Ward still had two steps into his route before he even turned back to get the football. When he turned back, the ball was right on him right away. And that, to me, is what you want to see from your quarterback, the ability to anticipate where the receiver's going to be, get the football out early, and – Doing that and spreading the ball the way he spread the ball around, that's what you really want to see from your quarterback. And, and just the complete command of the entire offense, I think that was so important and so much on display in that fourth quarter and in the, in the overtime. So here's the question that Eagles fans want to get the answer to. What does Monday night's game mean for Carson Wentz moving forward? I think it means a lot. I, I felt, and I, I used this in a commentary this week uh, on WIP, that they were better off having had the situation where they had to come from a 14-point deficit to pull it out than they would have been had they won the game resoundingly, say, 28-7, to 28-3. This team needed one of those back-against-the-wall, dig-yourself-out type of games. I think that boosted the confidence of everybody and I think they will take that kind of feeling into the game in Washington, which is the, the preamble to what could be one of the most exciting weeks we've spent in years. Yeah, they have to take care of Washington for sure. But, yeah, we, we've all talked about Week 16 for a long time now, and I do believe that it comes down to that. But I just love the fact that he really did take over the football game, and that's what you need to see. And I think – Everybody needed to see that from him. I think he needed that, and everyone needed to see that from him. And just one other thing I have to add. A big part that made that all possible was the fact that the defense shut down the Giants as thoroughly as they have anybody in yes. a long time. They shut them down, absolutely shut them down. They had two first downs in the whole second half. The entire second half, two they, first got, downs. they got 29 yards, 29 Net yards of offense yeah. in the entire second half. Yeah. So that's it. I have one more question. Is this team now ready to win the NFC East? Well, look who's in their way. And that would lead me to say yes. They're ready to win the NFC East because they're a better team than Washington, and they should go down and beat Washington. And then they'll get the Cowboys here at Lincoln Financial Field. And I just believe that the Eagles, Cowboys, for the NFC East crown at Lincoln Financial Field, you know how crazy that place is going to be. That's what I look forward to. But you have to take care of Washington because, it, you know, I just looked at the Green Bay-Washington game from last week. Washington played pretty well in that game. And over the past couple of weeks, they're playing better football. So you can't sleep on them. You have to dot your I's, cross your T's, go down and take care of business. And it sets up for exactly what we want to see this team playing for the NFC East. I agree with everything Mike just said. Uh, Doug Peterson has a saying each week, let's win one in a row. There's no reason that they should go down there and have to struggle. But we felt the same way going into Miami. But this is not Eli Manning. This is not Ryan Fitzmagic. This is Dwayne Haskins. 
He's a good quarterback, but he's a rookie, and the Eagles' defense has to set the tone, take advantage, turn it over to Carson, and he can crank up the team. Merrill and Mike, Mike and Merrill, thanks so much for joining the Eagles Insider Podcast. Dave and Dave, you're welcome. <laughs> Our pleasure. Time now on the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group to go behind enemy lines. And to do so, we visit with Zach Selby, Redskins.com. Zach, good day to you. Tough season for the Washington Redskins. A rookie quarterback, a head coaching change, a team that has struggled to win football games. What is the mood down at Redskins Park with this football team? Dwayne Haskins, first-round draft pick. Uh, I guess the ideal scenario would have been to kind of give him a year to full season to get used to the system, understand what it's like in the NFL, bring him along slowly. That didn't happen. So how has he handled being the starter? Well, I think it, it, it has improved gradually as as the weeks have gone on. And you know, I think you would look at his first game, first start against the Buffalo Bills to where he is now, and you would say, wow, this, I mean, he's improved a lot. I mean, and he talked about that yesterday. He said he's not really looking to press things too much. He's not really trying to force things. He's letting things come to him and let it kind of grow and develop naturally. Um, he's kind of one of those guys that, you know, he's a gunslinger. He's a, he has a massive arm. So he's, when he, with that first game against the Bills, he was looking to, you know, just stress the field and, you know, kind of make the big plays. But now, He's, he's looking at what he sees downfield, and if he doesn't like that, if he doesn't see it, if it's a, if it's an option that doesn't really work for him, he's moving on. So it's he's seeing that natural progression, and you know obviously you know with the situation that he's in, it's it's a tough deal. Um, you know you you have his first game debut against the Giants when he's down 11, and he's trying to throw his throw his team back into it, and then he goes up against the Vikings down another situation and has to feel like he wants to you know save the team save the team from that game, but now. He he's kind of going through it now. He's had a few weeks in in this situation, and he's he's really coming along the way you would expect for a rookie to do in 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 this situation. With a lot of rookies, I mean, obviously you take a lot of sacks. Has it been a matter of him holding on to the football too long, or are defenses blitzing him, or offensive line breakdowns? What's kind of been the the main cause of all the sacks? combination of a lot of things you know certainly the touch on the first one you know with him being a rookie he's going to he's going to have his moments where he's going to have his have his situations where he's going to hold on to the ball for a little bit longer than he should and you know that and as a result that's going to make defenses blitz you and they're going to come often and they're going to bring you a six seven eight guys at times that's and that's a lot to have to deal with a rookie quarterback in that situation and the offensive off the line breakdown comes a little bit with that as well, but it's it's kind of hard to pin down one one thing that's really been causing all these sacks. But it has been a point that that Haskins has 
really kind of tried to harp on and try to be better about fixing. I mean, he's doing whatever he can to fix the situation, whether it's throwing the ball away whenever he doesn't like anything that he sees or, you know, just looking for looking a little bit longer for a different option that's not his number one or number two guy. So it's definitely something that is not just one specific thing, but it is also something that he's trying to, to get better at, to do whatever he can on his part to, to make sure that it doesn't, it doesn't happen near as much as it has in the past few weeks. Zach, let's talk about the offense. We know about Adrian Peterson, the ageless one. For you, uh, new to the Redskins, I know it's your first year, you, you go into this, you get to work with Adrian Peterson all the time. Tell me about him as a guy, how he deals with the media, and then how you just kind of look at him as an all-time great football player and athlete. I mean, what he has done in his career really is remarkable. Oh, yeah, and whenever I first came to the Redskins, one of the, one of the players I was most excited to see was Adrian, P- Adrian Peterson. I mean, you you almost get a little star a starstruck whenever you think you're seeing a future Hall of Famer right in front of your eyes, and he's just talking to you like it's nothing. And but he he really is just a pro's pro. I mean, he's 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 been through this a long time, and you know just the work and the the effort and the the time that he puts into his body and his and his regimen and everything that he does to try to make himself ready for game day every week is just phenomenal. And you know he right he he. He is one of them, probably one of the best running backs of all time, and you expect that out of out of out of a running back like Adrian Peterson. And it's just it's really fun to see how at 34 years old, I mean, he's still one of the biggest parts of this offense. I mean, he had 20 carries last week for 70 76 yards against the Packers, and that that doesn't look to change now that Darius Geis is going to be out for the year with an MCL sprain. So, and. That that doesn't seem to change, and it's it's going to be fun to see if he can make this stretch for a yet another thousand yard rushing season for you know, and it's going to be his thirteenth year in the NFL. Amazing. On the other end, you've got a rookie, Terry McLaurin. We saw him in the opener, five catches, one hundred twenty-five yards, a touchdown, as the Eagles narrowly escaped Week One at Lincoln Financial Field. How is McLaurin? Uh, progress during the season is is he Haskins go-to weapon oh he he absolutely is the go-to guy in that receiving core he he's special I mean he, some of the some of the catches that you see him make I mean the, the first one that comes to mind just not to bring up last week's is you know that his catch against the uh, the Lions to to really kind of seal that seal that game I mean Haskins was driving down the field to to get to get a field goal and he makes a he makes a one-handed catch, leaping one-handed catch to get them into field goal range and essentially end the game. And then last week against the Packers, you see him make another one-handed catch in the end zone. And it, it's it's been something I don't think the Redskins have had in quite a long time, just to, to have a receiver that's just so reliable and so dependent, so athletic and talented as, as Terry McLaurin. And he, I mean, he has his moments where he, does have his you know the rookie kind of situations, but they're not very often. I mean, he's he's another one of those guys that is just a hardworking individual. He's he's putting in the time to make sure that he is one of the he's he's one of the best rookie receivers in his class. And I'll tell you, it's just it's something awesome to see. And he has a really bright future ahead of him uh, for the Redskins. On the defensive side, Zach, we have become accustomed to seeing Ryan Kerrigan. Uh, 11 and a half career sacks against the Eagles. He's always been really difficult to deal with. He doesn't play 
on Sunday. So, so how will that impact Washington's defense? Well, I mean, it's it's hard to say that it that it wouldn't impact them. I mean, he's only a second and a half away from being the franchise leader in the category. I mean, anytime you ha- anytime you lose Ryan Kerrigan for any amount of time, it's going to hurt you. But I do. I will say this. I will say that the the pass rush has been very reliable in the time that he's kind of been on and off of the field. I mean, I think they had they had seven sacks against the, the the Carolina Panthers. They had six the week before, and I mean that that's like that's that thirteen sacks in two weeks. That's that's right up there with some of the some of the better pass rushing defenses in the in the league right now. And I mean, so it's any like I said, any time that you have Ryan Kerrigan out, it's it's not it's going to present a challenge. It's going to present a lot of different you know mismatch opportunities on the offensive line that you know that wouldn't be there normally. But I will say that you know. The, the defensive line has stepped into the challenge with him being out, and they've got some they've got some reliable options with him not out there. You know, Nate Orchard, guy that, that they picked up off the street, had a really good game against the Panthers, and, and then you had then you have Nate Odom. Uh, uh, yeah, so I mean, it's 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 a it's a it's a position that they they've responded to well with uh, with 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 the with the cards they've been dealt really. So this is a three and ten football team, winners of two of the last three games. You had a two game winning streak snapped by the Packers last week. I mean, this team, right, Zach? Final thing here, still playing hard football on in all three phases of the game. Yeah, and you know it's crazy to say, but I think that they're pro- they're playing some of the better football in the division with with you know with what with what the NFC East is right now. But I mean. I, you know, you can look at some of the situations that they were in. You know, with the Lions coming coming to FedEx Field and pulling out, and they pull out a win against them. Then they go up against the Panthers, and nobody—I don't think anybody really expected them to, to have the game. To have the game they have, but I mean, shoot, they put up you know 29 points against uh, against against the Panthers. The Panthers in that in that defense, and then they were right in there against the Packers um, before before the Packers really ultimately just pulled away. And you know, Aaron Rodgers being Aaron Rodgers, it's 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 hard it's hard to account for that for that when you have when you have Aaron Rodgers on the field, but I I think this team has has looked at the situations and again it's it's a tough deal and it's it's not it's not great for anybody in the building, but it it's a situation that they're they're saying you know it is what it is and we're going to approach it the best way the only way that we really know how to do is to go back to work and try to win the games in front of us you know they have the Eagles this week and they have they believe. With every part of their body, that they they can win this game, they can they can you know make things a little bit more difficult for the Eagles as they try to make a playoff push here with three games left. Zach Selby, thank you so much. Redskins.com, FedEx Field Sunday, the Eagles and the Redskins, one o'clock kickoff. That will do it for this Eagles Insider podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. A busy, busy Sunday for you. Make sure you're with us at twelve thirty for the kickoff show presented by Exalta. We've got you covered all the way through the game on our social channels, of course, on our app and on our desktop, PhiladelphiaEagles.com, and then the post-game show presented by Rico. Live reaction from FedEx Field, as well as the Novacare Complex with Amy Campbell, Fran Duffy, and Ike Reese. And, of course, we will have another Eagles Insider Podcast, the instant reaction from the locker room very shortly after the game. Thanks to Peter Kelly. And to Trevor Hayes for putting this all together. And thanks to you for joining us as we continue to expand our Eagles Insider Podcast programming schedule. We are very happy that you are subscribing, that you are rating us. 
because I take a look at those ratings and that you're providing so much great feedback. We've got good numbers on iTunes. You like us. Keep liking us and spread the word. I'm Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro. Thanks again for joining everyone. Have yourselves a great Eagles day and fly Eagles fly. E-A-T-L-E-S.